Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We've been going through a series called Predecide, and we've been talking as an entire church about this, uh, kids' church, youth in here. Uh, We've been talking about how to make better decisions because better decisions lead to what? Better life, right? When I make better decisions, life goes better, right? And so we've been, we've, we got the graphics and all that stuff from Life Church. We're, we're thankful to them for providing that. And so here's our, here's our sentence we've been working on the last, well, this is our sixth message in it. So predeciding means I make decisions ahead of time. So when I'm faced with this situation, whatever that situation is, I've predecided to Take this action, right? So we want to live lives that honor Jesus. We want to live lives that reflect his word in our lives. And so we have predecided. So we've been talking about predeciding a couple different situations. They'll come up on the screen here. So we said, I predecided that I'm going to be ready. Because what is going to come our way eventually? Temptation, right? So we've predecided when this temptation comes, I'm going to do this. We talked about Joseph, how he had predecided he wasn't going to sin uh, with the Potiphar's wife and all these things. He was ready. We talked about being consistent, about making consistent decisions to follow Jesus every day. Pastor Kenny shared on that one. We talked about being devoted. We talked about how we're going to give our lives to Christ and we're going to predecide when it comes to something or Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus, right? Uh, last week, we talked about being generous. Uh, we talked about being generous with our finances, being generous with our time and our talents and our abilities. And today we're going to talk about being faithful. And then next week, we'll finish off, we'll talk about being a finisher, someone who finishes the race God has put before us. So uh, there are some big stickers out there in the foyer you can grab. You can stick them on your car, your water bottle, I just do ask. Put it on your car, drive well uh, when you have that on there. So because it does have the church logo on there. Um, so if you have the Uversion Bible app, the notes are all in there in the events tab. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I guess I should go there as well. Waiting on you guys to turn. Matthew 25. This is an incredible parable. We'll read the parable a little bit later in the message. But this is basically a parable where a man takes his three servants in and he gives them talents, which is a measure of gold or a bag of gold. Some had more, some had less. And he said, I'm going away. Do something with this. And so two of the guys were faithful. They went out and they put the money to work and they got more back. And then the third guy was like, eh, and he just kind of hit it in the ground, right? And so when this master got back, he said, well, here's what you gave me. I didn't really do anything with it. And the master called him what? You might remember? Lazy and wicked. So you should have at least put it in the bank and got interest on it. You know, that's the least you could have done. But to the ones who did the right thing, the ones who handled it well, look at what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So what did he call him? A good and faithful servant, right? He said faithful. And so guys... Um, I, I put a little thing out on Facebook. I said, you know, if you had to have your life summed up in one word, what word would you want to represent your life? And I got some great answers. 
Um, some people said loving. Some people said family. Um, some people said faithful. I think they read ahead in the notes, right? Some kind of understood that. But then you get a lot of others that said, I would like to be successful. I'd like to be influential. I'd like to be wealthy. And one other pastor did this on the street one time. They just caught people on the street, and a lot of it was successful and influential, which are good things, right? We all want to be successful. But if you had to ask Jesus, what is success in your kingdom, what word do you think he would say? Faithful. And I know that this has been my life goal. I want to hear Jesus say that when I get to heaven. I want to hear him say, hey, well done, faithful servant. And he's not necessarily going to say, hey, well done, well-connected servant, well done, nice and trim servant, well done, servant with great hair, right? He's going to say what? Well done, good and faithful. You took what I gave you and you did something with it that made a difference. And so that's our goal. We want to predecide to make a difference with what we have. Now, I know some of you are already thinking, okay, he's saying faithful. He's going to talk about money again. Because uh, that's kind of what we think about, right? When we think of faithful, we think of stuff. But really, when you look at what Jesus said throughout Scripture, when he talked about being faithful, he's talking about being faithful in a couple of different things. How I treat people, how I steward my resources, and how I respond to him. So if we want to be faithful throughout our lives, if we want to get to heaven and say, hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, we need to be faithful in the way we treat others. We need to be faithful in the way we use our stuff that we're given, which is things and talents, abilities, and then the way we respond to him, right? So let's look at these things. If we want to be faithful in these, the first thing we need to do is treat every interaction as an opportunity to add value. Now, what in the world does that mean? That sounds very businessy, doesn't it? But when I interact with someone, when you interact with someone, I hope they come away saying, well, that was good. I feel better. I feel, I feel like they valued me as a person, right? Uh, and, and that's not always the case. So we want to make sure that we do that. So the first thing we see is every interaction is an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to someone. And we see this all the time in the life of Jesus. When people came to him, he took that opportunity to show them what? Love. Most of the time. Even when he was rough with them, it was still in a loving way. Uh, we see this woman in uh, John chapter, I believe it's chapter 7, into chapter 8. There was a woman who was caught in adultery. Now, obviously there's more to the story. If there was a woman caught in adultery, what else was caught in adultery? A dude, right? There was a guy somewhere, but he wasn't here. So he dragged this poor woman out in front of Jesus, probably didn't have much clothes on, threw her in front of him and said, hey, the law says you have to kill her. What are you going to do? And what did Jesus tell her? He said, hey, the first of you that hasn't blown it, throw the first rock, right? And they all left. And then Jesus went to the woman and he said, hey, where, where are all your accusers? And she said, well, they've all left. And what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. I'm not going to condemn you, but go and quit living this lifestyle. Don't put yourself in places where you're going to get caught like this again. Don't keep doing that. He was kind to her. He showed her love, but he also told her what? The truth, right? Uh, remember when Peter failed? If you remember Peter, the disciple, he was like, woohoo, I'm hardcore. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And he's like, eh, really? You're going you're gonna to deny me three times before the sun even comes up. And after Peter did that, Peter quit. If you remember the story, Peter was done. He went back to fishing. He's like, I'm not good at this disciple thing. I'm just going to go back to doing what I know to do. And Jesus gently restored Peter how many times? Three times. 
One for each time he had blown it, right? He showed love. He could have said, Peter, big mouth, I told you, right? But he didn't. And in, in Matthew 6, we see the disciples were all worried, and Jesus calmed them by telling them how much God cared for them. He said, hey, even, even these sparrows, God knows how, how many of them there are, and he knows every time one of them falls out of the sky, every time one of them hits your window and goes down, he knows about it. So he showed grace, he showed forgiveness, he showed love, and we can do the same thing. So if we want to be faithful with people, we need to remember that every interaction is an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to them. And then secondly, every interaction is an opportunity to be gracious. What does it mean to be gracious? It means to do what, what the disciples say and put others' needs ahead of my own. Now, how many of you feel like you're kind of a selfish person naturally? When you take a picture with you in it, what's the very first thing you look at? How do I look, right? Did I look fat? Did I make the right duck face? You know, did I do this right? Did I do this well? Are my eyes closed? My eyes are always closed. Or half, they get you that half closed thing, right? But we do. We always look out for us first, naturally. But when we put Jesus first, he helps us get that out of our system and learn to put others first. So we need to make sure that, that we're gracious, right? Instead of looking out for ourselves only, we can look for others, we can find ways to be gracious when we talk to people. We can find ways to show them love and to be generous. And then every interaction is an opportunity to be a blessing. Listen to what, what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let me read that again. Don't use foul or abusive language, but let everything you say be good and helpful. So your words will be a what? An encouragement to those who hear them. I can promise you that people come away from conversations with me not encouraged sometimes, right? But that's my goal. It really is. My goal is, is to encourage others. That's a gift God has given me. I try to be that encouraging person. And I'll tell you a story I hate to admit this, but I have this gift of sarcasm. It's, it's incredible. Um, I'm really good at it. But I have to kind of squash it down all the time because it just naturally comes out. So I have to work at it. But I remember when Amy and I were youth pastors, I had this kid one time. He was kind of annoying. You know, he was a middle schooler. It's just bred into middle schoolers. And so he was there, and he was kind of getting on my nerves that day. And, and he, was, he was asking me a question about something. And I responded with sarcasm. And it was a joke, but I looked over and he was just crushed. I could tell I really, really hurt his feelings. Like, not just a ha ha, you're an idiot, but I mean, I really hurt his feelings. I remember that look on his face. And that's one of those, you ever had those moments where God just really hits you like that? And I remember I looked at his face and God just, I mean, just clear as a bell said, Your job was to encourage this kid, and you just killed him. And I made a vow that day, like in that fellowship hall, God, I will never do that to someone again. I am doing my dead level best to never be that person. Because I knew that kid had a rough home life. He got that from his parents. He, got, he was kind of, he's kind of a nerd at school like I was when I was a middle schooler. He gets it at school, and he came to church to have a safe place. And I used my words, instead of building him up, I used my words to tear him down. And so I made this vow, God, I will not do that anymore. I will not be that guy. And so this has been a lifelong goal of mine to be, to do what Paul says here and use my words to encourage them so there'll be an encouragement to those around me. 
And so that's our challenge, guys, is, is to use what we say to encourage others. Now, does that mean you're never going to have to have a hard conversation with someone? No. You're going to have to have those. If you're a parent, you're going to have to have those with your kids. If you're a spouse, you're going to have to have those with your spouse. If you're an employer, you're going to have to have those sometimes, right? But we can do them in a way to what? Still build them up. Hey, I realize you're not doing this quite right. Let's see if we can figure this out together, right? So we want to be an encouragement to others. So instead of being frustrated, we can look and try to find ways to be a blessing. So we need to be faithful in the way we interact with people. We also need to realize that every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Every resource is an opportunity to multiply. What is a resource? Something that God has given us. Guys, some of us have good financial resources. Some of us don't. Some of us have a lot of talents. Some of us have a few. Some of us have more opportunities. Some of us don't. But everything that we have was given to us to use what? To be faithful. To be faithfully used. So we can be faithful by caring for what we're given. And we see that in that parable in Matthew chapter 25. When the servant, or when the master went away, he gave one servant like 10 pieces of gold. He gave one like five and one like two. And he said, I want you to use these faithfully. And that's an illustration for us. Jesus told this story to show some of us in this room, some of us watching online, have incredible talents. Some of you are incredible singers. Some of us are not, right? Some of you are incredibly patient with others. Some of us are not. Some of us have lots of athletic abilities. Some of us do not. But whatever God has given you, he gave you for a reason. In the Psalms, David talks about how the Lord knit him together in his mother's womb. And that's a picture of how God created us. He knit you together. He knew you guys even before you were born, and he gave you the abilities and the talents that you have for a reason. You're not random. You, you didn't just come together some genetic hodgepodge and out you popped. God put you together. He gave you the abilities you have. And some of you have abilities you haven't even found yet. There are some things that you're really good at you don't even know yet. And the things that you do, we're expected to use them. So we need to take care of what God has given us. That word faithful, where he said good and faithful servant, it literally means people who show themselves faithful in the transactions of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties, people who are faithful in their business. So what does that mean? It means to be faithful in what God has given us. Guys, if God has given you a really nasty car, a really rough car, have the cleanest rough car in town, right? Be faithful with it. Shine those dents. It works, right? If God has given you an ugly house, make it nice the best you can, right? If God has given you a business, be faithful in that business. But take what God has given you and use it, and then he'll, he'll reward you with more. Because what did he say to the servant? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with these few things. What? I'm going to give you more. And so sometimes those difficult things God gives us are really a test to see if we'll be faithful with them. To see if we'll use what he's given us. If God has given you kids, pour your life into them. Raise them in godly ways, right? So... Be faithful. We have to be faithful with our bodies. God has given us a body to use. Be faithful with that, right? Take care of it. So we show faithfulness by using what we're given, taking care of what we're given. 
And we're faithful by using what we're given. So two of the servants in that parable went out, and they said they put the money to work, and they doubled their money. The one went out and dug a hole and did what? He hid it in the ground. Now, when I hear this story, I kind of feel for this guy a little bit, don't you? When you read that story, he just gets slammed for it. And I know sometimes I'm a little nervous about goofing up what God has given me, right? Well, what if I don't do this right? But the master didn't say, well done, afraid servant. He called him wicked and lazy. By putting it in the ground, he didn't have to be responsible for it anymore, right? So guys, God has given us gifts and talents and abilities, and he wants us to use those. Find ways to use those to further his kingdom. So, you know, left to ourselves, we're really good at hoarding things, but he wants us to hold things loosely. This is something Don Masson taught me when I first came here. He said, always hold on to things loosely because God may want to use you to give it away. God may want to use it. And I thought, wow, that's a really great line. I'm going to hold on to that. So take the things that you've been given and use them. Be faithful in them. And I know some of us are like, I, you know, I, don't, I couldn't stand up on stage and talk like you do. I, I can't really teach in a class like some of these guys do. Can you read a story to a kid? Can you clean something? Can you sweep a parking lot? I mean, there's lots of ways that you can use what God has given you. Take what's in your hand now. And, I, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. This church is incredible. This church of like 150 people on a good Sunday give over $100,000 a year to missions. That's insane. Their church is two or three times as big as this. They don't give that much to missions. You guys are incredibly faithful. So keep doing that. And then we're faithful by remembering our station. What in the world does that mean? We remember that we don't really own the stuff we have. We just what? Take care of it. Because who really owns what we have? The Lord does, right? He gives it to us to use. Our vehicles are really his. Our farms are really his. Our homes are his. Our jobs are his. Our kids are really his. We just take care of them. We manage them the best that we can while we're here. Because they can all be gone. So realize that we are caretakers. We're stewards of what he's given us. So want to be faithful in the way we interact with people. Want to be faithful in the way that we use what God has given us. Find ways to use them to further his kingdom. And then last, we're faithful. Um, we need to remember that every prompting is an opportunity to obey. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey. I love this line in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Paul is telling the disciples, he says, Now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me there, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth what? Nothing. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So guys, we have to understand that we're not always going to know the outcome, but we still have to be obedient. We obey even when we don't know the outcome. Paul said, I don't know what's going to happen next. I know it's not going to be easy. But he said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it to do what he's called me to do. My life is worth nothing unless I'm faithful with what he's called me to do. And so guys, sometimes God is going to tell us to do something and we don't know the next step. But here's the thing. I love this quote. I found it. Craig Rochelle said this somewhere. It says, our responsibility is to obey. His responsibility is the outcome. 
I just have to obey. God takes care what happens after that. If I'm faithful and obedient and I do what God has told me to do, the outcome is his. So what does this look like? Maybe God is prompting you to go talk to a coworker. Maybe invite them to church. Maybe they're having a bad day and just go, hey, do you need to talk about it? Do you need to cry? Do you need a hug? You know, <laughs> whatever you need to do, God is prompting you. And sometimes they're going to say, get away from me, freak. I don't want to talk to you. Right? I mean, that happens. It's happened to me. Jesus, lover, get out of here. Okay. You know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> One guy literally told me, he's like, I know you love Jesus. I'll still beat the daylights out of you in the parking lot. And I was like, okay, I'll leave now. That was at work. He was having a bad day. Um, but what we do is we go up to them and we are faithful to obey. And then the rest is up to Jesus. And we, me and Jesus had a talk that day. Like, that was really odd. Why did you tell me to do that? Right? But, so we obey even when we don't know the outcome. And we obey even when we don't know the whole story. Even when we don't know the whole story. Sometimes God's going to prompt us to do something that makes no sense. There's this incredible story in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8. Philip, who's an apostle, and he was traveling between towns, and an angel actually showed up and said, hey, go up to next to this carriage that's going down the road. And he said, you know, I don't know this guy. Why, why do I? So he goes up next to the carriage. When he gets there, he hears an official, in an, Ethio, an Ethiopian official, a guy from another country, different culture, different language, all these things, but he was speaking the same language, heard him reading from the prophets about Jesus. And so Philip said, hey, do you, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how can I unless someone explains it? So Philip climbs up in the carriage, tells him what's going on. The guy gives his life to Jesus. They see some water. He said, hey, can I be baptized? He said, yeah. They go and they baptize him. And then the Lord takes Philip away and puts him somewhere else. Just gone. That would be cool. I would love to do that someday. Haven't done it yet. So, but he was faithful to do something that didn't make sense even when he didn't know the whole story. And I know many of you have stories like that in your life where God told you to do something that makes zero sense and you saw God do something really cool. I know others have those stories where God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense and it doesn't come out the way you think it should. But we're still faithful. And God is still responsible for what? The outcome, right? So we need to be faithful, be obedient. I know Amy and I, that same church, we were kids pa or youth pastors. She was a kids pastor in this church in Missouri, and we loved it. We loved the church. We loved the community. We were four hours from my parents, four hours from her parents. It was perfect. Uh, we loved the town. Everything was going well in the church. The church was doing a remodel project, a great big one. We'd been trying to get done for years. We were finally in the middle of it. And God started telling me, it's time to go. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. I told Amy, she said, that doesn't make any sense. And we just, I know, but we feel like this is what we have to do. So we were faithful. We started checking out. We ended up in Colorado. Amy said, I will never go to Colorado. And we went. Uh, we got there, and she said, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. I know. I'm not happy about it. But we went. And we loved it there. Even though it didn't make sense, we left when things were good. Colorado, things were good for a long time. And God told us to leave. We were obedient. And then the, the place we were right before here, we wanted to leave, and God wouldn't let us. We said, please send us away from here. Please send us away. We couldn't do it. He wouldn't let us yet. We had to be obedient until God told us to do. So guys, in your lives, there are going to be times where God tells you to do something and you don't know the whole story. You don't know how it's going to come out. But if we are faithful people, we say, when this situation comes, when God prompts me, I have pre-decided to what? To be faithful. I have pre-decided to obey. So, and then we obey 
And we believe for the best. We obey and we believe for the best. We believe that God is going to bring the best outcome. So if we want to be faithful, we're going to predecide. I'm going to predecide that I'm going to be faithful in my interactions with people. When I have a conversation, I'm going to do my best to be obedient. We're going to predecide to be faithful with what God has given us. When God asks me to do something with this, I'm going to do it. We're going to predecide to be obedient. When God prompts me, I will obey immediately. What do we tell our kids all the time? We had this whole line when our kids were younger. We always obey the first time, right? Because I'm sick of you. <laughs> I'm tired of telling you three times, kids. So we say, we obey the first time. And so that's something God has been challenging me with. Obey the first time, right? Obey. I love this quote I came across. This is another Craig Rochelle quote. He's actually quoting another guy who was telling him this. He said, we, under, we overestimate what we can do in the short run. We always overestimate what I can do on my own in the short run. But I love this. He said, you vastly underestimate what God can do through a lifetime of faithfulness. We underestimate what God can do through a lifetime of faithfulness. In other words, guys, God's imagination is way bigger than ours. What does Paul say in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. If we are faithful... If we predecide, I'm going to be faithful with my life, I'm going to be faithful in the way that I interact with others, I'm going to be faithful in the way I handle what God has given me, I'm going to be faithful to obey even when I don't understand. Guys, we can never imagine what God can do with us throughout a lifetime. I am, I am 100% convinced, guys, some of you that live here in Lexington, Nebraska, are going to get to heaven and you're going to be shocked at what God has done through you in this lifetime. You may not have seen it. You're going to have people come to you from the other side of the world. Hey, you sacrificially gave to that missionary. God changed my life through that missionary being there that day. And they couldn't have been there if you hadn't been faithful. Some of you have, have obeyed. And you're going to see people come up. Hey, I was having a horrible day at work. And you came up and, and just prayed for me. You wouldn't believe the difference it made. I believe that. I really do. Because we're faithful, because we're obedient, God can do incredible things through us. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning if you're able. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up.